Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Hi, it's Don Johnson for the Proclaim and Defend podcast. Our episode today features an interview with Jonathan Edwards, a longtime friend of mine who serves the Lord in Utah. He's had a long and effective ministry there among the Mormons. In the interview, we discuss the various ways he has used over the years to gain an entrance into the communities where he served. All of this was prompted by an article in our March-April 2023 edition of Frontline magazine. His article was called EMS Evangelism. It describes some remarkable experiences through John's service as an EMS responder that allowed him to spread the gospel. The article is well worth reading, and you can have access to it immediately if you are a paid subscriber to our Substack. If you subscribe to the Substack on an annual basis, we will include a subscription to the print magazine as well. You will find, as you hear from John in this interview, that there are many other ways to gain a footing in a community for the sake of the gospel. I hope it gives you some ideas for your own ministry. Without further ado, I'll bring John into the podcast. We are here with Jonathan Edwards, uh, an acquaintance friend from from many years. I met him first in the early 80s, I believe it was. And uh, John wrote an article in uh, Frontline called EMS Evangelism. It's quite a dramatic story. I don't want him to tell you too much of the story because I want you to read the article and subscribe so but we are going to get a look just the little basics of it and you really do want to read this story it's quite good but john first of all why don't you give us the background and uh, uh your ministry what you've done and uh through the years i know you've had quite a, a varied uh church planting ministry in utah uh yes don thank you um we have, uh, we joined up with Northwest Baptist Missions in 1975, right out of uh, school at Bob Jones University and uh, moved west, uh, kind of a little different lifestyle than, um, I had grown up with. I grew up on the beach in California and uh, I grew up with, uh, you know, sand, bug- sand buggies and, uh, and, uh, sailboats. <laughs> that was my life. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the real true West was, uh, a little bit different than my upbringing. But, you know, I praise the Lord that, you know, he, he, he suits us for particular works. We started, um, Grace Baptist Church in West Valley City in the Salt Lake City area. And, uh, we were there a number of years and then turned it over to, uh, actually Wally Higgins took over and mm-hmm. then John Lovegrove pastored that church. And now Matt Johnson has been there for 25 years at uh, oh, Grace wow. Baptist West Valley City and uh, done a great job. The church has developed, um, man, a, a beautiful facility and uh, just a very um, healthy, thriving congregation now. And then, uh, you know, we moved from there down to, and I used to denigrate guys that would go to small towns. I just thought, wow, they're just wasting their lives. And, mm. you know, you need to be in the, the urban areas where there's people and you know i found out that um, god has a sense of humor and uh, mm. he he uh, um really put on my heart to go to the little town of salina utah which is about uh, i don't know 150 miles south of salt lake city mm-hmm. and we started faith baptist church in that town 
1982. Um, we were there for 13 and a half years, a town of about 2,500 people, and that's where the EMS story was born. We moved from there, and, and also while there, I did some other things beside um, the EMS to connect with people. One was, uh, uh, believe it or not, a, a guy that grew up on the beach, I became a farrier, and, and I was shoe horses. And <laughs> I did that to help my kids get through uh, school, but... A, a farrier is kind of an interesting thing, a lot like a hairdresser. You know, people stand out there and hold their horse while you while you uh, put shoes on for a, an hour or so. And I get paid by the job and not by the hour. And uh, people had never met a Baptist pastor who was a horseshoer. And I, <laughs> used, the, I used the income from that to help our kids uh, go to college. But uh, people would just open up and talk, uh, kind of an amazing opportunity. And so uh, probably 50%. Of uh, the clients that I had, I had an opportunity to witness to and share Christ with. And again, I got paid by the job and not by the hour, so I could talk to them as long as I wanted. And right. so it was uh, quite an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um, after 13 and a half years um, in uh, Salina, we moved, uh, the Lord put on our heart to come to this little small town of Marysvale, a town of 400 people. And uh, there, there was no alternative to the Mormon church in the entire county. And after, um, so we started Marysville Baptist Church. Uh, we were here for 25 years pastoring this church and getting it off the ground to a self-supporting status with a brand new paid for building. And, uh, you know, my heart is uh, church planting and it took that long to get this church established. This church is still the only non-LDS church in the entire county. A little bit different than this situation on the East Coast. <laughs> um, so we just felt that the church no longer needed a church planter, but they needed a full-time pastor uh, mm-hmm. that would take over. And so the church found um, Brother Richard Boyle. He was an evangelist. Uh, he grew up on the campus of Bob Jones University. He was a staff uh, kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been here about three years now. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife and I have been uh, appointed the, well, I've been appointed the director of recruitment for Northwest Baptist Missions. So we spent a lot of time, um, about the year after we turned the church over, um, we spent time just going out and speaking in conferences, churches, camps, um, colleges, Places like that. Um, a little, a little while. Well, actually, that that happened a little bit later. But right uh, the week after we turned the church over to Pastor Boyle, a church about 150 miles north and east of here suddenly became without a pastor. Grace Baptist Church in Price, Utah. Mm-hmm. And so I called them and asked if they could use a little help for a time. And I figured it'd be a few weeks, maybe a couple of months. It morphed into two years. Mm-hmm. So we would drive. 150 miles each way, so every weekend was a 300-plus mile uh, trip, and they actually rented us an apartment over there, and we saw the church really um, uh, solidified, and um, they, in the two years, um, came to a point where they could they could pay a full-time salary to a pastor. They were they were not in real strong financial shape when we started, and mm-hmm. you know, I praise the Lord for allowing us the privilege of helping those folks, and they have a um, a new pastor now, an, an older gentleman and his wife, and they are doing a great job, and the church mm-hmm. is uh, thriving. 
So we came back and uh, it was kind of an interesting story. Um, there was a mission agency, pretty well known biblical ministries worldwide that had a work down by Bryce Canyon National Park. This is about, this takes us back about five years while I was still pastoring here in Marysvale. And the, the work was not uh, thriving at all, but they had a property, they had um, land, they had a building, um, 10, 10 minutes from the entry of Bryce Canyon National Park. And a beautiful piece of property, 6.2 acres of land. Mm. And they called and the, the missionary that had been there trying to get a work established, he said, you know, he said, we are really struggling and, and would you be interested in assuming this work? Mm. And long story short, Biblical Ministries Worldwide, the organization, donated the entire property to Marysville Baptist Church, turned wow. it over to us. So we've had that property now for five years. We did Bible study down there. And now my wife and I have been freed up. Um, this coming Sunday will be our third Sunday down there mm. with church services. We started Community Baptist Church in Tropic, Utah, 10-minute mm. drive from the entry of Bryce Canyon. So no. I'm 71 years old. We're, we're really um, hoping that, you know, a venue like this will will garner some interest among uh, maybe a little younger generation. We'd love to have somebody come in and maybe work alongside them for a while and, yeah. and help them assume this new work. But not many churches <laughs> get start with a building. And it's a, yeah. it's a beautiful location. Bryce Canyon National Park is one of the most beautiful national parks there is. And yeah. you're living right in the middle of it there. So right. there's a number of small towns. Uh, first service, we had 45. This is, this is the way of church planning. That was the yeah. first service, but we had, believe it or not, I have some friends and they actually just came to be there for the first service. Right. And then uh, last week we had eight. So we went from 45 <laughs> to eight, you know, but that's, that's just, <laughs> and I have no idea yeah. what um, God's going to do this Sunday, right. but. I'm full of anticipation and, you know, just believing that our God's a big God and he really wants a church there. But there is really no um, evangelical church of any sort right in that area. So right. I just uh, the Lord for the opportunity to bring the gospel to those people. Yeah, that's really something I know. I've been to a number of the churches in Utah and I, I just it's an incredible place. I really am impressed with the work that's going on. And, you know, the name Tropic Utah, I mean, what could be more attractive than that? That would, that should bring Yeah, I know, I know, it really is attractive. And, and there, uh, Bryce Canyon, um, you know, is about 7,500 feet. And right. we drop off about a thousand feet off the, uh, plateau up there where Bryce Canyon is and, and drop down into Tropic. Uh, it's beautiful, uh, beautiful area. Just, just okay. stunning. Wow, yeah. that's great. Okay, so well, let's talk about the article you wrote for um, Frontline. Now, as I said, we don't want to get too much into the details, but quite a story. Sure. I, your whole objective to get into the EMS was uh, was to build connections with the community. So maybe yeah. we can talk about that a little bit about the particular yeah. incident, and then we can go on. You know, I, I just found that um, um, even now, after all those years, I was I was in EMS for ten years there, and you know, I, I love the medical part. I just absolutely um, was fascinated with all of that. And um, it's kind of a win-win. You know, there's not many people that um, want to do that job. Mm -hmm. But everybody appreciates those who are willing to do it. And so it's just kind of a win-win. Even a person 
uh, passes away under your care, which we, we had a lot of that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done your best. You've done, you know, your due diligence with the uh, medical part. Um, I think partially due to my personality and, you know, being a pastor and so on, um, uh, it, it just came about that I fell into positions of leadership. And so I became the uh, training officer for the entire county. About a, I was over about 100 EMTs, you know, teaching them the skills. So I became an instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did that for two years, and then I was voted in. I wasn't even at the meeting. I got voted in as president of the uh, county <laughs> agency. And, uh, you know, I, I really got kind of weary of the politics involved in all of that. Uh, right. That. And it kind of took away the joy of just doing the medical part, which I really, really enjoyed working with people in the community. So, um, uh, in fact, the, the, um, chief of police in the town, he came to me and he said, you know, you ought to consider running for city council. He said, people really love you in this town and, uh, you'd be a shoe in people, people <laughs> would maybe John the town. I said, I said, Gordon, I'll tell you what, um, with EMS, it's a win-win. I said, it, 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 it's a great, it's a great venue for me to, to connect with people in this community and to help in this community. I said, if I was on the town council, I said, half the people in this town would be mad at me. <laughs> That's kind of counterproductive. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah. because you mentioned like you had a couple of very dramatic incidents that you had described in the article. And, and in the end, at the end of the article, you said that, um, uh, that produced a connection and you had a lot of kids coming into the uh, vacation Bible school that summer. Absolutely. Yeah. We had for a small town, we probably had the highest attendance of a Bible school that you could ever imagine. I mean, you just, right. you, um, and we had a lot of energy back then and my wife and I could manage a lot of that, but today I didn't <laughs> have to hear it to think about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that's, that's the way I look at know, it. It's just the way I look at it. It's just a tool. Um, yes. We moved here to Marysvale and I started a horse trail ride, uh, business actually. And of course I was providing horses for our youth camp. Mm-hmm. And so we have a ranch here. We had, um, um, we started with 280 deeded acres plus we had attached to it all the grazing rights. So mm-hmm. we, we had about 2,800 acres right here mm-hmm. that, uh, was, was ours to use. And so we raised horses for the horse program and, and then also had enough horses that we could run a business. And so mm-hmm. we thought what this town needs is a chamber of commerce. So we were, we were actually the prime movers in getting a chamber of commerce started. And it's just taken off. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. we're, we're out of that now, but mm-hmm. it was a great segue in this town. And then my wife, um, she became a teacher's aide at the, um, at the local elementary school that morphed into her becoming the kindergarten teacher. And that morphed into her becoming the uh, special ed. They, they sent her to school. They paid for all of her education, um, you know, at the master's level to get her certification for special ed. Mm-hmm. And she became the special ed um, specialist for the entire county. So she had mm-hmm. a couple of schools. And I, I can't believe how many uh, doors that opened for us here mm-hmm. in this area, working with special needs kids. And her parents mm-hmm. were just so grateful. And right. that was a great. Segue. Another thing, um, uh, some of you know, I think it was mentioned in the article or in the, uh, 
uh, opening by Bruce McAllister that I'm a pilot and I, I'm not that that airplane has opened more doors of opportunity than you can ever imagine. We we mm-hmm. have um, guys from the airport that are now coming to church in Marysvale. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's that contact out there, mm-hmm. and it's just ongoing. I call these. Um, you know, we use the airplane to travel a lot, a lot of open, uh, long miles between, um, places out here. So we use the airplane to, to travel to meetings and different things like that. But mm-hmm. also I do a lot of evangelistic airplane rides and take people up and boy, some of them just recently, even yesterday, uh, just amazing opportunities for the gospel. I mean, you really can't even imagine what I'm saying. Right. So, well, and I, you know, uh, get people up there that are unsaved and point the nose of the airplane at the ground and ask them if they were to die today. You know, <laughs> I'm kind. <laughs> but they do That's have funny. their life in their hands and they know that. And it just, I don't know, puts you in a different uh, position with them. And it's been a great opportunity to use that little plane to, to evangelize people. Right. You know, uh, I, you know, I, when I first started going to Utah, um, on uh, deputation trips back way back in those days, I was, I got to know, uh, several pastors and then I started reading about Mormonism and the, you know, Joseph Smith and his biography and all that. Yep. It, it, it created, there was quite a closed society in, in Utah and many, especially in the small towns is from what I understand. Yes. And, and, you know, so basically your philosophy was I'm going to, do everything I can to build bridges so that people talk to me. One of the, uh, one of the really interesting ministries that we started here was a radio ministry. And I thought, well, let's go, let's go where the sinners are. Let's go where the people are that need the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I approached a local radio station 30 miles north of us in Richfield and, um, it's almost like an advertisement, but it's a one minute Bible message every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it's aired twice a day on two different stations. They, so the, uh, AM station is a talk radio format. So I'm on in the morning during mm-hmm. kind of a local genre. Uh, they call it morning magazine, kind of a local genre thing. They interview right. different people. I right. come on during that. And then I, in the afternoon, I come on during Sean Hannity uh-huh. and. Then um, I'm on a country western station on the FM side, and uh, you know those two those two audiences don't mix. You know you've got you know yeah um, country western people don't listen to talk radio and talk radio people don't listen to country western. So right. it's the same message aired four times a day, mm-hmm. um, one minute Bible message, and it's amazing how much you can get in. I try to stay with some major themes, particularly where we live. You know, the, um, the trustworthiness of the Bible, who God is, uh, who Jesus is, what salvation is all about. And so I just really try to stay on those themes. Um, kind of a, kind of a little bit of a Paul Harvey type approach, kind of just homespun, mm-hmm. usually a, some kind of story to introduce things and then just bring the, the gospel into it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done that for 15 years mm-hmm. and it does, it's amazing. Uh, how many people know who I am? They have no idea what I look like, but they know who right. I am. Right. And right. Going down the tropic, you know, we're running into people who, who at that distance away, you know, have heard the radio broadcasts. Right. So that, that, um, a wonderful segue for the gospel. 
Um, yeah. And I encourage uh, if there's pastors out there that are interested in starting a similar radio thing, um, have them call me. I'd love to just sit down and talk to them about how to go about it. And sure, and, yeah, uh, that's great. Great, great way to get into a smaller community like that. All right, so um, let's see. Now, you earlier before we started recording, you mentioned that a lot of these things like EMS is more conducive, or the connections you make is better in a, lo- a smaller community rather than a bigger city. Because in a city, everybody's right. anonymous, I guess. So, yeah, pretty um, much. Uh, so. So your uh, so my question was, what would you think? I guess you had those years, you know, near um, uh, Salt Lake, so that was more urban, and it was some ideas about how you would make connections in that kind of a community. You know, like we did a we did a ton of door knocking up there, and you right. know, with special events, we'd get people and just just flood neighborhoods, you know, and uh, but. Uh, initially, I, I, we've, we've knocked on thousands of doors up there. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a town like Marysvale, if you have about four people, you can cover the whole town here in one morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of wear out your welcome doing that. Um, we right. did, not that we don't do it and we have, but we don't, we just do it periodically and don't just make that a continual. We don't right. become a nuisance people. Um, yeah, but with special events and, at Christmas time, we, we gave them, uh, one time every, everybody in town got a, um, a gospel, um, CD that they could, or not a CD, but a DVD, um, mm-hmm. disc they could play, um, with right. the gospel on it, right. with goodies and so on in the bags. And we, we gave them to every, every person in the community. Right. Um, we did a, uh, we did a little paper, mm-hmm. um, called The Voice in the Wilderness. And it's kind of interesting. When I moved to town, I, I became known literally as John the Baptist. And so <laughs> started calling me that. In fact, I, people want to find us. We're, we're a little ways up the canyon, about a mile and a half from the main part of town, up the canyon at the ranch. And, and I said, yeah, you just come into town, just pull into the store. There's one store in town. I said, just, just ask them where John the Baptist lives, and they'll tell you. <laughs> and so... But that, so we thought the voice in the wilderness was a pretty good name for a paper and it right. went to every county. Right. And there are people that are members of Marysville Baptist Church now that uh, were saved as a result of, of that little publication and are now, um, yeah, members of Marysville Baptist Church. So yeah, it's, it's effective means, you know, but in the big city, again, you just don't have I mean, if you join EMS there, you'd just be a little tiny blip on the radar. But you go into a small town and you work with an agency like uh, the fire department, the volunteer fire department, or the ambulance agency, uh, you have an opportunity to have a pretty big presence and right. uh, one that's really appreciated by the people. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just different tactic. But again, big city, a lot of door knocking, a lot of door knocking. Okay. And. But you just don't run into people here in this town, you know. I'll see, I'll see virtually everybody in town in a week, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, week. yeah. If you go to the stores and whatnot, that's kind of the town I like. The town I grew up in, actually, and in a bigger city, you're much more anonymous, and people are doing are. their own thing, and they're sort of huddled. You know, there's a lot of people here, but nobody knows anyone, anybody, you know. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So, um, uh, so, uh, and I have a, we have a missionary we support up in Alaska. He's up above the Arctic Circle and he's, he joined the EMS up there to, and that has given him a lot of contacts and the people. Yes. Oh, even if they don't come to church, they'll talk to them about problems, you know, that they have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Now that's a fact even, you know, I think everybody, when you, um, anybody's going into a smaller rural area, they need to just take the time to analyze, you know, how can I have maximum impact with people in this community? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it may or may not be a mess. It may be something else, but, um, I think every community, there's, there's a segue that you can use to, um, to reach people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you just have to be imaginative. Now, I wonder if we could think about, uh, change a little bit. Uh, there's lots of ways that we can make contacts. We just have to be creative, I guess. But yeah. how about, uh, how about, uh, as we prepare ourselves or get ourselves ready to talk to people, are there things that we need to be doing in our own spiritual life that, that, uh, you would care to talk about there? To, develop our own, I don't want to say presentation. I mean, I've learned a lot of gospel presentations, and I sort of, and I use them, but I sort of feel like that's just the beginning. I really need to get myself prepared. Uh, You know, I I think just being really in close harmony with the Holy Spirit, and um, there's, there's, and particularly where we live, you've got about a 90% chance of where we live, knowing what the people believe, basic beliefs, which is kind of unique, um, mm-hmm. in a way, advantage. Um, most of the people here are LDS or, or Mormon. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I don't have to study, uh, 15 different religions, <laughs> uh, particularly I, I, I could kind of focus on one. Mm-hmm. And there have been developed many, many, uh, different methods of reaching Mormons. What I find is I pick, I don't particularly use any of them. <laughs> I, yeah. I think you have to, first of all, analyze where this person is at mm-hmm. and, and their belief system. And I find that most, most people here are cult, what I call cultural Mormons. They don't know an awful lot about the actual belief system. They've just been raised in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to ask them to leave Mormonism would be like asking them to renounce their German citizenship. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's kind of the, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a huge cultural, uh, mm-hmm. family that they have. Um, but I think it's really important to understand, um, a little bit of their basic beliefs. I mean, uh, you know, the, the basic belief, the the one one belief they have that basically every doctrine teaching of the Mormon Church goes back to is the fact that men can become gods and yeah. is is polytheistic mm-hmm. um, and you know you need to have a fundamental understanding of that and they really believe that and right. the problem with Mormonism is not the vocabulary it's the dictionary so I think you need to um, understand we operate under a different dictionary and you have to study it in that regards and understand how to, when you say a particular word, what they're thinking and then how to, how to correct that. And it's just again, being very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I don't think there's a one size fits all, um, method for evangelizing anyone really. 
I mean, we all we all love the Romans Road, and I use it, you know, but mm-hmm. it's got to be at the appropriate time, and maybe, maybe I won't use the whole thing. Maybe I'll use some other verses in concert with it. Uh-huh. It's just important to be sensitive to that person and not just be trying to cram a, a particular method of evangelism down their throat and, yeah. and some kind of result. And the thing is, sometimes less is more with these people. Give them something to think about. It's kind of like putting a rock in their shoe and just yeah. let them walk on it for a little while and, and let them think about it. Give them something yeah. to think about. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really true. We do have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's certainly because, uh, and I, do, I think sometimes the mistakes I've made in in soul winning uh, uh, is becoming so um, focused on my getting my spiel out, you know, my my presentation, rather than listening to what the other person's saying and just. You know, taking cues and, and responding to that. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. That's very All important. Right. All right. Well, this has really been quite a conversation. I didn't quite go exactly where I thought it was going to go because you've done so many different things. Uh, now you're recruiting for, um, Northwest Baptist Missions and Absolutely. I, I'm, I, I'm, I would encourage anybody who's listening, if they're interested in a ministry in the West, that, that they should contact you. I think that would be a great. They can contact me or uh, Dr. Ron Eamon. Right, yes. He's, the, yep. he's actually the director. I'm just the director of recruitment. So yes, that's I, right. Well, Ron is... I work, I work at his behest, and, and, yep. uh, but we have got a great relationship. And um, the Northwest family is just a warm family. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a great group of people to be associated with. So I encourage yep. anybody that's uh, thinking about ministry in the West. Um, it's not for everybody. Right. But, um, you know, um, yeah. I, I said this before, snowflakes do not need to apply. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's, it's the West. And it is. Yeah. I hear pretty independent thinking and these towns are, are, you know, they're kind of a hard nut to crack and That's you're right. uncharted territory out here. So it, uh, but it's kind of like the Marines, you know, we're looking for a few good men. And, uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. So if, if you're one of those and you think you have what it takes, give us a call. We'd love to talk. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll put some links in the, in the notes and all that because that, I think that we re- really do want to encourage people to go to evangelize that area. It's a great area of need. Of course, there's needs everywhere. We want people yeah. to go everywhere. We just need more men, really, and, uh, really men who are dedicated to you know, we have to we, forget we, our... My wife and I welcome people to come just on an exploratory trip. We'll make sure they have accommodations. We can take them around and show them different places. We can, you know, drive, use the airplane. We can do, you know, all sorts yeah. of things to get people um, kind of an orientation trip out west. So uh, please give us a call. We'd love to, uh, love to do that for you. All right. Well, that's great. Well, I think we've used up pretty much all the time we have. Let me see. I'm... I'm and we're passing on my timer 31 minutes, but I think we started recording slightly after that. So we're getting pretty close. Okay. But is yeah. there anything else that you'd like to add that things that you, um, about ministry, about making contacts with people that uh, maybe you'd like to share with us? I think just uh, reiterating the fact that um, um, you need to be prayerful in your consideration of uh, your particular 
uh, area that God's called you to and and really just ask him to show you ways to connect with people. The, the church is not a building. The church is people. We need to reach mm-hmm. people. And out here, we have so many first-generation believers. They're, they haven't been raised this way. And so it's um, and another thing I really um, out here, I try to do like systematic theological Bible studies. I, I call them evangelistic Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, people out here, again, are not acquainted with the terms and they need to really, uh, you know, um, become versed in the truth. That is the that is the biggest thing what is going to counteract the darkness and what is going to counteract all the false teaching these people that believed me take mm-hmm. people that have been taught that dog spells cat all their life yeah it's yeah. pretty hard to convince them you know of yeah. something different yeah and so um we just go verse by verse we start with the doctrine of the scriptures and work through who god is and according to the bible and then who Jesus is and then what salvation is all about. And usually at the point of salvation, I find that people have enough background at that point where they're ready to make a decision. Right. So we're yeah. planning on starting uh, one of these evangelistic type Bible studies down in Tropic uh, on Friday nights. Now. Okay. All right. Um, Good. We're waiting to gather up a few more people. We don't, we don't know what we've got down there yet. So yeah. we'll just get started. But. If somebody be interested in coming out and just kind of interning, we'd, we'd welcome that as well, besides just an introductory uh, a trip out west. All right. Well, very good. Well, thanks very much, John. And uh, we uh, look forward to hearing more of the Lord's work in Utah and all the things that are happening there. And thank you very right. much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. God bless. All right. Well, there you have it. Quite a, a, quite a varied life. I, I sure appreciate John. It's always a blessing to talk to him and to hear about what the Lord's doing in his work. And I do encourage you to read his article in Frontline. What a remarkable story uh, from his EMS days where he uh, ended up uh, basically rescuing two people at once from two separate incidents. Uh, and uh, just it's quite a story. But the Lord used that to help build his uh, the ministry of his church and then, uh, and then, uh, giving him some credibility in the community and a great, great story. Well, well worth reading, but I don't want to give up too many details. I want you to read the magazine. So the, you know how to do that. You, you subscribe to our Substack and you'll be able to read the article right away. And, and we'd like you to subscribe annually and annually. If you subscribe for the year, we will also send you the print magazine. So. Go ahead and subscribe. That's what we want you to do. And we want to be building this work for the Lord. We, we think it's a, just a great magazine and a real, uh, you'll find it a real blessing. And I think in particular this, this particular article, uh, will warm your heart and I hope you'll read it. So sign up and, uh, pay up and get involved. We, we, uh, we want you to subscribe. So, uh, that's it for today and we'll be Coming back with another uh, edition of the uh, Proclaiming to Fan podcast soon. Thanks very much. This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend podcast.